I am unashamed. What about you? All right, welcome back to Unashamed. <laughs> hey, got the cheering Ooh. crowd here. Our new toy that Jason's yes. in love with, thanks to 11-year-old, is his name? Caleb. 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 Not, yeah. not to be confused with Caleb. Caleb, which we are an award-winning podcast, I might add. We are. Gee whiz. Oh. You're just... <laughs> And we have the trophy to prove it. We Always it used to do that as a kid. I did two things that were very annoying. <laughs> it's just two things you remember, Jason. I remember a lot, much longer list. So we're ripping off the Band-Aid. I'm going into deep, dark, annoying things Jace did as a child. <laughs> do you remember what mm. they are? <laughs> no. One is every time. You had a bumper sticker that said, I'm surrounded by idiots. I did yeah. do that. And you're getting trouble for that. Yep. You know, you don't think this podcast is influential. When I was driving through that ice, yep. I thought, I need that bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> and then as I found myself sliding down Cypress Street, I thought. Mm-hmm. Heading into a car. It takes one to know one, you idiot. I was going mm. too fast to try to make the turn. So the two annoying things, one is every time something spectacular would happen, I would go, and the crowd goes wild. <laughs> I just did that all the time. I don't remember that. The second thing is I would torque. I would. Uh, I remember the torque. You were always. Torque? He was torque torque like or flex torque? my muscles. It was his version I, of twerking. It was torquing. Jay's torquing. I looked like I had. It looked uh, like a bird. You'd pick yeah. the feathers off a blackbird. It was, was a, it, I called it the stork tort. <laughs> when would you do this? Just, oh, I would just come, come in to greet my family because our family yeah. wasn't like most people. They didn't mm-hmm. realize you came home or you left. <laughs> That's true. No one acknowledged anyone at any time. So I would just walk in and I would go, <laughs> and everybody would laugh and I would walk out. Our family is one of those things where you come in, you say, I've, I've been lost for hours. And they were like, oh, we never knew you left. I know. Yeah. I, ran, I ran away a dozen times. No, no one ever knew. No one ever looked. No. That was the sad thing. The last time I ran away, I thought, why do I just keep walking off a mile? Because it's a mile back. They're never going to know. So you I got to just gone like no, I got the a, corner. I got a ladder and I climbed on top of the house. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, I do remember you climbing on the house. I smelled chicken frying. And Mom had the chicken. ultimate lure to get us back. Then I thought, I think she's burning the gravy. Oh no! And the next thing I know, I walked in. I was like, "Mom, you're burning the gravy." So, and Willie, uh, he liked to go and build places for himself, new new domiciles, and he would spend the night there. Cook shack, uh, the shed out back, made him a little fort up the hill. Yeah, he's always had rebellion tendencies. Well, he's always liked to have different places, and now, of course, he's successful. So he's got, now they're just houses all over the parish. Yeah. So that's well, everybody I mean. always asks me, they're like, "What's Willie doing?" I'm like, "Haven't seen him <laughs> since the last time he yelled at me for catching his fish out of his pond." <laughs> he's like, "I paid good money for those fish." <laughs> Sometimes I'll just walk into Anna's house, and he'll be sitting there. Mm-hmm. Then we'll get to catch up and visit. But I never Zach talks to him more than anybody. Speaking of Anna, Jace, we, we have, you a, we have a table centerpiece. If you're today. watching, you can see it. If you're listening, there's a 
treat, a delectable treat in the middle of the table? This would be a Mardi Gras king cake. Of course, we all know who the king of kings truly is, Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about him. His name is Jesus. But I I will say this. It's it's Jesus. My lovely niece, Al's daughter, stood in line to get this cake for me. She got you one too, Dad. Without asking. I already dropped it at your house. The cream cheese variety is our favorite, Yep, and it has the... Little Mardi Gras colors. Where'd on you it. get it from? Where's the? There's a bakery the, in town. I, now look, I have no affiliation with these people. I pay full price, but let me tell you something: the fact that there's a line, there's always a line to waiting on the cakes, and they use it really. It's yep. called castor and chicory, and and I'm gonna tell you, I've eaten because we we live in Louisiana. So what you do three times a year is you eat king cakes. They only do them for short periods of time. Mardi Gras. Christmas and, and Easter, Easter, I think. Yeah. Do you and, drink the chicory as well with it? You get your little cup of, and you know, that's like really strong, almost uh, bitter coffee is chicory. But well, I drink chicory every morning. <laughs> I'd rather make it myself. Yeah. I had some guests that stayed the night with me, and so I said, "Might that guest be on the podcast later?" We may have a surprise guest. Al, he, he couldn't. I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. He uh he'll be here shortly. He's taking all this in, seeing where he's gonna fit in. But he has been here before. Yeah. And uh he was actually he's, he's only half the man he normally is though today. Yeah, he was he's he doesn't have his twin, a brother from another mother, but you'll you'll enjoy. So with that, and I actually took him duck hunting. I know, my, I can't wait to hear about it. Yeah, so, my, Dad, are you fired up about the king cake, too? I'm fired up about it, but it reminds me, you know, when we start talking about our past, this and that and the other, I've said this before, I've read it. I bet you got a verse for it. Because it was it profound. Uh, in the little book of Titus, mm-hmm. the Apostle Paul is writing a young buck. It, it, it reeks of him being a young buck, Titus. Yep. Love what is good, Titus. Something upright, holy, self-controlled, disciplined. Then you give him a, he keeps going. Uh, Teach the older men to be temperate, worthy of respect, self-control, and sound in faith and love and endurance. Likewise, the older women is to be reverent in the way they live. Well, what do you know? Not be slanderers or addicted to much wine. Mm. You can drink it, but but don't don't go get out of it. But... To teach what is good, the young men and everything set them an example by doing what is good. So when you look into these deep spiritual texts, what they say is, Titus, a people who are his very own is what God is looking for, eager to do what is good. Then again, chapter three, not the three chapters, and he says to be obedient to the authorities that can get you into trouble, mm-hmm. to be obedient to ready to be ready to do whatever is good. We didn't shoot over the limit today. That's right. did good. Yeah, Devote well. themselves, the next group, chapter three, to doing what is good, things that are excellent and profitable for everyone. And last, he says, Titus, our people must learn to devote themselves to doing what is good in order that they may provide for daily necessities and not live unproductive lives. But it is pretty interesting. 
because you see Titus is a younger man and the Apostle Paul is much more versed in the Bible. But he's saying, look, all you have to do, Titus, and it is pretty interesting, just do what's good. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's pretty amazing. And that, but most people don't talk about when Paul talked to Titus. Yeah. Well, it's because— They think, well, I, don't, I need to find something I do good. It needs to be kind of like a habit. You got a habit of mm-hmm. doing good instead of a habit of doing evil because the habit will form. Yeah. Well, because no, no I think most people, when they talk, I mean, we're at Jesus' death. I mean, we're right up to it. He's fixed to go before Pilate and Herod yep. in Luke 22. And most people just focus in on the fact that he's making us good because of his sacrifice, which is true. True. But he's also calling us to do good things in this world. That's right. Yeah. I mean, he makes us new creations. There's, there's a job to do. And I think that should be equally stressed by his death on a cross. He's returning people, human beings, to reflect his image. I mean, that was that goes back to Genesis 2. You know, we were talking about all this, so the scriptures will be fulfilled. It goes all the way back to the garden and the fall and everything that led up to this point. Well, look, he was on the earth 33 years doing good yeah. and ever since. So he was, he was only doing good. Right. And yet you saw how they treated him. So you can't do good to your point, Dad, expecting good in return, you got to do good because it's the right thing to do. That's right. They may, people may not even appreciate the good you're doing. They didn't appreciate him. Yeah. So, but he still did it. So people can tell me anything about what kind of program they got going on. Just said, just do what is good. Yeah, I like it. That's a good kickoff. All right, well, we're going to take a break. On the other side of the break, we're going to bring in our mystery guest. That sound good to you, Dad? Guess the guest. Guess the guest. All right, we'll see you on the other side. We spend a lot of time talking about the pitfalls of mobile devices, mm-hmm. but this morning on my way to the duck blind, I stopped my ATV, reached into my pocket, and picked up my mobile device, Phil, and called Jay, who was behind me, and said, I left my coffee in the lair. Would you bring it? He said, sure. So I hollered at Phil, who was in the rig right next to me. I said, mobile devices. <laughs> they do come in handy every once in a while. So, Dad, sometimes you at least have to admit, for a, for a good cup of coffee and a duck blind, it's worth that's having a cell phone. That's per, pretty good calls. <laughs> for the point of this segment, though, if you – are going to use a mobile, why not use a provider who represents the things that we hold true? Exactly. And so that's our good friends at Patriot Mobile, Jace. Um, They are the only um, Christian conservative wireless provider. Uh, They offer dependable nationwide coverage. They give you access to all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage that you've been accustomed to, but you don't have to fund um, causes that you don't believe in. So when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message you support free speech, religious liberty, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, and of course, they're big supporters of military veterans and first responders, and so are we. They have a 100% U.S.-based customer service team that's going to make your switching easy. You can keep your number, keep your phone, or you can upgrade. Their team will help you find the best plan for your needs. 
All you got to do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Phil or call them at 972-PATRIOT. You're going to get free activation when you use the code Phil. So join us to making the switch today, patriotmobile.com slash Phil. That's patriotmobile.com slash Phil or call them at 972-PATRIOT and you'll get that hot cup of coffee that you left at the lair. Welcome back. The reveal. The big the reveal. Big reveal. I call him Shane E. <laughs> it's Shane, Shane minus that, Shane. That would today. be, you know what's funny about that? When my wife, before we got engaged, she she had went abroad for a few years and she came back. She called me and I I, I started talking to him about myself like, yeah, Shane E. Oh, wow. And she thought I was saying Shaney. <laughs> and I said, No. <laughs> I have no that's means. Your, oh, that's your name. Name. Not just Shaney. The, just Shaney. Shane. Shaney. E. Shane. And the other Shane, yeah. the artist currently known as Shane Barnard. Shane B. Yeah. B and E. B and E. B and E. B and E. So they met, the they, met doing a, they met doing a stretch of five to ten for B and E. B and E. What's funny is That's funny. Use this that. Guy. Use that. I'm using it. Use that. Shane, like reinvent yourselves. Shane That's and Shane, B and E. We <laughs> you need to rebrand. We're gonna rebrand because we were we were prisoners and we were set free. Now we're talking. That's, that's it. That'll, you see that's, what I'm saying? I can tell that story. Zach, can you help him? Because you're the king of rebranding. You, I can help these guys. You've rebranded more brands, so oh, y'all I can take you guys to new levels. New. Le- you call well, me when this is over. You, know, you call you me. Call, I'll call you. You call you're me. You're a man who gets things done. Shane yes. and Shane, their recent success, uh, Unashamed Nation, I'm giving them credit for it. Because y'all were two of the people that did the impossible. Y'all came on our podcast. How long ago was that? About a year. Uh, you should year. know which number podcast that, that was. I so somebody Maddie can go knows. back and see that. Right, Maddie Steph. might know. Y'all actually sang live. Yeah. You did. And it was your new song at the time. Yep. Uh, the battle. Let's see. Battles already, already won. Battles you've you've already, already won. won is the you've name of the song. Won. You've already won. It's one of my favorite songs in the it's world. So good. Oh, Who thanks, wrote man. that song? Not me. Really? The guy who's at the studio working right now. <laughs> but somebody's got to kill the ducks. I, yeah. <laughs> so Shane and Shane went duck hunting, and I noticed something in the first sixty seconds when y'all were here before. <laughs> Shane E, who's with us, he's a duck hunter. Yeah. Shane B. He likes to talk. He does like to talk. <laughs> he just sat there, and, and we really hammered the ducks. And I'm not even sure he participated. He didn't even He shoot. just sat there and, and talked and loved it. Yeah. Boy, this is awesome. He loved it. Yeah. So, uh, Which is one of the best things about duck hunting is it's communal. You know, deer hunting is typically yeah, it's by solo. yourself, solo, yeah, quiet. Solo. But well, duck hunting is communal. So even if you don't kill anything, you still have a pretty good time. Well, well I didn't Jay realize. Stone doesn't want you to talk. He wants you to be still. <laughs> Yep. And not talk. Uh, He'll get frustrated at there you. There it is. Episode, Episode six, 615. 615. And we're on 8 uh, uh, six today. Yeah. You guys have been busy. Wow. So what we We've should do, lot, lot what we should do, Maddie, at some point is play that because what I said they did the impossible is they sang live and it was awesome. It was so good. I mean, it was fantastic. We were in the duck call room, as I recall, yeah. last time. I, I may or may not have been humming a bass harmony on that, just so you know. <laughs> well, Daddy sang bass. 
Daddy yeah. sang bass on that Daddy song. Daddy sang bass on that song. You had not the bass note your Daddy life. Zach. We brought a little something to the table. <laughs> so today, uh, Shane E. brought two guests. I invited him, and he showed up with a party. Yeah. Uh, we made it work. <laughs> well, so, that's classic. <laughs> so after the infamous ear ringing that we had about a week ago, Phil said, I'm going to go down the way with my friends. And so we actually hunted one hole, and Phil and Burley and who else did y'all have? Donnie Sanders. Donnie, Donnie. were they were in one blind. So y'all did a split hunt. Yeah, but we can see each other. I yeah, mean, we're only what a hundred yards away. Hundred yards, just far enough to where a pellet will hit you but not hurt you. <laughs> and uh, so one time, because the ducks wouldn't work today. I mean, we 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 shot them. I think we were right at twenty. Mm-hmm. And uh, one time they had three or four wood ducks come in on them because we had two relatively new hunters with yep. you. Yep. Uh, and one of the guys, Nathan, I think that was the first time he ever duck hunted. It's the first duck. He shot his first duck today. Yeah. And so, because I asked, I sent Shane a text because he said, I'm coming in. And he brought up his buddies. And I said, Are they experienced hunters? Because we had just had. Uh, a newbie ring everybody's ears so everybody was like no more guests no more guests that's it they're out and so i said is this person are they experienced hunters and he sent me a text it, it went uh <laughs> they've hunted before <laughs> i said okay we're splitting up gang <laughs> that's exactly what i i know <laughs> but phil and them had a group of woodies come in and they were pop, 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 and none of them were falling. And they were like, well, we're feeling better. <laughs> but I was trying to explain to them that in that blind, when the ducks get, there's a, there's a hedgerow of button willows in front of the blind, and it's kind of unique. When the only place there, that you can't shoot them. Is when they're right in the water? When they get right on the water in front of the decoy. They, this morning, they you know what you call that? Poor planning. They behind the thicket yeah. every time. Boom, 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 boom. Limbs flying, ducks flying. Too. Usually after two or three hunts, you'll have some holes through there that oh, you can yeah. now shoot ducks through. But it was fun. I mean, we, we had a good time. It was cloudy and calm, and all of a sudden, we went from ice to 60 degrees. We, yeah. were, we were sweating like mules. Yeah. So, but it was fun. It was hey, we were, enjoy in the duck it, we were in the duck line. That was fun. Yeah. And it's good to see guys who know how to use a duck call. Oh, yeah. You know? They sound like That's ducks. So you'll they, sound, know. they sound like ducks. So you know, when duck hunting gets slow, I'll give you an example. I, two guys were with us. I'd never met them before. But I've started preaching the gospel to them while we were waiting for ducks. But the ducks didn't show, but the sermon did. So I said, strip naked like you came from your mother. And I said, I'll take you out there in the decoys. And I'll baptize you boys, and you'll be good to go. And they looked at each other, and they said, they said, it's just about 32 degrees. <laughs> I said, sometimes, boys, you just got to suck it up. So they stripped naked. We walked out in the edge of the decoys. I moved them out of the way. You're talking about counting the cost. I didn't want them to get a tango up in the, no. in the decoy. <laughs> And it's not as weird as it sounds, y'all. And look, those two guys called me over and over and over. I need to tell them right now, I love y'all if you're hearing this. Because uh, you came here, you were dedicated to say, I Their need to rebirth be born was again. like their first born again. again. 
Phil, Shane, have you, you been baptized? I have, but not in a 32 degree. <laughs> we may need to, we, y'all may need to check his conversion before thing. he leaves. <laughs> Phil, do you realize that they've never been more attentive in their life as to when you said, what y'all need to do is strip <laughs> naked, wade out in the decoys. Right there at that moment, they were thinking, yeah. and do what? <laughs> Yeah, my first question would have been, could I at least wear my underwear? Like, I would have, you know, I mean. Do you also realize they've never been back? got to remember when the Apostle Paul and all of them are preaching the gospel and Peter and they're getting the people together. You got to remember, you say, uh, they didn't have heated. They didn't. No. If you were in the wintertime, it's going to be in cold water when you, when, you you, oh, yeah. you 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 obey with that. So so yeah. I, I, ever since then, I said, well, you know, now they have heated batteries and people are soft. Yeah. Well, some volunteered. There was some the other day. The one Jace was the special forces guy. Jace, he was said, I'll go to the river. And Jace said, well, really, there's no point in us waiting out in that cold water. You know, when we oh, don't yeah. have. I to. had to talk him off the ledge. <laughs> did y'all so, do it in the cold so, water? No, we did it at the. Well, we no, did. We had. A, just, we had a couple that. That wanted they it was cold. It was like usually when I degrees. tell them at this time of year in the winter like this, uh, the cotton mouths are not they're they're denned up, and uh, so the gators are gators, gators are hibernating. Gators, hibernating. gators are hibernating. I said so. You get past those two until the spring and summer. Then you'll have to deal with that. If you no, walk out in this river. Yeah. Well, no. When uh when Ty from the military when he was trying to talk me into being baptized when it was 30 degrees. He's like, I just, I just really would feel better if I was baptized in nature. I taught him as a new Christian that he was fixed to be that how to take a verse out of context. So I said, for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel. I said, now I can line somebody up for you, but I'm not waiting out in that water. <laughs> and you know what? It's all God's nature. Let's, let's take another break. Well, I threw the phone up because, you know, we left them hunting and they said the mallards are pouring in to where we just left. I, I was betting on it. And then he sent another text and said 75 teal just gave me the decoys. So, ooh. Well, are they hunting now? We left too early. I'm assuming they are, but they're not going to be hunting long if nope. that's happening unless they got their well, eyes If you closed. said they came in the decoys, though, if they came in with them button willows in between them and the teal, they're... Nothing's going to happen except a bunch of missing. Well, we'll see. We'll get the story later. But I just thought I'd tell you that. You okay. know what we call that, Shaney? Those are the devil's duck. Those are the <laughs> sent them in. We're doing the Lord's yeah, work. We're right doing here. the Lord's work. And he sent them in and said, they're leaving. They're leaving. Stop. Do something. <laughs> but we I got, must... a feeling that, I got a feeling Shane right now is thinking, I think I'd rather be with the devil's ducks. <laughs> Shane said, when's this thing wrap? <laughs> <laughs> Look at him over there. I can see it on his face, man. Where would you rather be? I'm right, I'm right where I'm supposed to be. So, <laughs> Zach, Zach, tell us what hey, your, your connection to Shane and Shane. Y'all have done stuff together. What's, tell us what your view of the Shanes, Shane Square. Shane, I, I sent my kids to be missionaries at Shane's house for the summer, and um, that he put my kids up. I thought they were ministering to him. It turns out he was ministering to them. So, he, uh, how long did my kids live at your place? Uh, 
almost they were there almost seven weeks. How I mean how were how were they? Be honest. Oh, they're incredible. They're, I don't Did know you, how they came. In, I don't know how they came, came from you. <laughs> You, you, talk, you, you did say you walked right. in on a. You did say you walked in on a, a spaghetti. What was the? What did you tell? You called me. Oh the man! First well, week. it wasn't their fault, really, because I have this little apartment over my garage, and Zach and Layla were staying there. I mean, Max no, and Max. Layla. Max and Layla were staying there, and I and I they had been there like maybe two days, and I walk up there, and it just smells like meat. <laughs> uh, the whole place just smells like meat. <laughs> and I walk over to the sink, and I mean, it is, it's like they made spaghetti in the sink. Oh. I mean, it was, it was red and meat sauce all the way up, you know, kind of like, uh, it was just nasty. And there was pots, just, oh, so it looked like just... it had been there like three days, <laughs> yeah. you know? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I think I texted you. I'm like, I don't know what's going on up here. <laughs> You know, I don't know where they would have gotten. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I was just like, this is a, this is a disaster. Well, come to find out, my garbage disposal had frozen up. Oh, and so they they had made meat and they were trying to wash it down and it, it just clogged the sink up. Yeah. But they didn't tell me that. Yeah, yeah. you're making yeah. me really hate the fact that I missed that meal. <laughs> 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 well, you don't put meat down a garbage disposal. Well, they, they did. They that. just put it down, but it didn't go down. But I, I, then they came home, and they didn't know I was fixing it, so I went and got a new garbage disposal, and I was under the sink. Yeah. And they got there, and they were just mortified. They're like, thought they broke it, and it, I mean, it was a mess. Yeah. And you know, and so they were like, "Oh my gosh, uh, we're so sorry." I'm like, "It's fine. It's not your fault. We're gonna get it fixed." You know, yeah. so we got it fixed, and. Oh, they're so but sweet. They did, a, but they did an album with you guys. They did, yeah. Uh, y'all so, have a program, which is yeah, really cool. Yeah, we we had we had some um, some we we run an, uh, an online training resource called the Worship Initiative. It's the worshipinitiative dot com, and this year, this last year was our first year to do a residency. So we brought in uh, a bunch of a bunch of younger people and a couple of older, and and we just got through that. We just worked through the Psalms. And so we just spent six weeks going through the Psalms one at a time. And it's just like our kind of life verse uh, is uh, let the word of Christ dwell richly and use you teach and admonish one another in all wisdom mm-hmm. through singing mm-hmm. psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratefulness to God in your heart. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's, that's why for two guys that sing, that's the verse we like to cling to, oh, you yeah. know, oh, yeah. uh, it's in Ephesians five too, but it's, it, it says something similar, but it's, we love the thought of singing God's word and we love it. We've been doing that for years and we love to, to walk people through his word and say, man, if you're going to say anything, yeah, if you're going to put any words in somebody's mouth that they're going to sing, mm-hmm. man, we want it to be God's word, not my ideas, yeah. Amen. but God's word. And yeah. so that's what we do because we believe that it, it 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 really changes your heart. It yeah. really, you know, it's it's feeding the heart, not feeding the flesh. Yeah. When you're exactly. when you're when you're feasting on the word of God instead of the which world. Is, which is interesting because the first uh, I think the first week or two they were there, they were like, okay, you're not writing one song, you're one lyric, and they just read, they just studied the Psalms, studied the Psalms, and spent time in prayer, Bible study. And just conversations about it, which I thought was awesome for yeah. for the kid, for them too, just to see the intentionality of when you're going to write 
songs for the church. Yep. We need to be intentional about the theology of it and, and what we're saying. So it was a great experience. And you guys are going to do it, I guess, every year now, right? Yep. We're doing it again this year. And so it's, uh, we're, we're really excited about it. And it was, uh, the record's called Songs from the Well, which you should check it out. So Max and Layla have a couple of songs on there uh, that are so good. They are so good. Have you guys heard them? Oh, yeah. I mean, they are so good. Oh, yeah, they can sing. So talented. Yeah. Where'd they get uh, that from, Zach? They got most of that from me. And, um, <laughs> the, same place were... they, the same place <laughs> they got their bad parenting from. Well, <laughs> Where they just walk off and leave a sink full of food, I guess. Here, here's the thing about, about my voice. I can actually sing very good. And, and Shane B. will testify to that because... He, Shane, E, you know that's true. You've heard me. You've heard. You've heard what I can do. But my, you did say problem, you did say Max and Layla were on the album, not Zach. Is that his correct? Vo- his voice is is as equal equally as strong as his humility. Yeah, does that make sense? <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Well, does that make sense? Makes perfect. You, you did give me a chance to say I don't have the timing. I can't. I can't keep the the rhythms. You know what I mean? Well, that so makes I've sense. Never, I've never been. I've I've asked to be on the worship team. At multiple churches that we've been a part of, no. and everyone says Rejection. no because you cannot, you cannot keep the time. Is that why you started that, your own church? Yeah, that's it, right that's there. That's it. That's yeah. it. And they and they and they won't let me sing. <laughs> well, that's such so, a shocker. Because want to sing, you I'll would think a guy preach. who's notoriously late would have better timing. <laughs> <laughs> Because he seems to consistently be late there. (laughs) That hurts. Wow. So I thought about you. We're in Luke 22, but I did think in between Matthew 26 and Matthew's version, right before Jesus predicts Peter's denial, when they did the Passover supper and Jesus was basically representing himself as the new lamb for everyone. I've always this as as a as a husband to a woman who loves worship. I've always thought about that verse in Matthew twenty six thirty. Right after he just said when he took the cup, this is twenty six twenty seven. He gave thanks and offered it to him, saying, "Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many." For the forgiveness of sins, I tell you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Then it says, when he, when they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. And I'm, I'm, sure, I'm sure in that moment, they probably didn't think a whole lot about that. But I've often thought about whatever song they sang together, and I'm assuming it just... They just started singing. And, you know, as this process went on, Jesus Well, that's the that last now, peaceful moment they had. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. really until he left, and, yeah. and he wasn't there long. So, I mean, that was really sort of the wrap of every, all their time together. Because after this, after this happens, it's down, it's rolling down fast. I mean, you know. Well, Judas betrays him. Betrayal. Peter denies uh, him. And, you know, he's sitting there staring at the fire. But then you fast forward what we did last podcast in John 21, when here is Jesus reinstating Peter around the fire after this miraculous catch where it was kind of the same as Luke 5. But instead of Peter saying, go away from me, I'm a sinful man, this time he jumps out of the boat and swims because it's Jesus on the bank, has a fire, they eat fish together, and here's 
their resurrected Lord. I mean, they're eating fish with a man who was dead. And I'm positive that during that reinstatement, at some point they had to think back to that song they sang and all what had just happened. They had all abandoned him. And it's just, it moves me to know that in the middle of that was worship. Maybe in the moment they took it for granted, but I guarantee you they went back and thought about that. Or the next time they sang that song, I'm sure tears were streaming down their face Mm -hmm. because a lot had happened in between. Mm -hmm. So, well, I think maybe that wasn't that that after the end, it's because in the Psalms of Ascents, they would they would do what at the the Last Supper or the Passover meal, they'd do a hymn at the end. And was that one Psalm 118? Is that what that was? I think you all know about that. I'm not sure. I I think like when they did that, that, the Passover, they would sing a psalm. Yeah. And I think it was like Psalm 118 or something. I I might be remembering that part of part of it. But it's just like that psalm says, you know, the gate that the righteous shall enter through. Yeah. You know, he was the gate that the whether they sang that or not. It's just like it's like they I think to your point, Jace, it's like they realized. Yeah. They, yeah. they got it. Right. They Psalm, got it. Psalm 118 also says his love endures forever yeah. a lot of times. Well, you know what else it says here? This is interesting because we've been making the case in this podcast that the, uh, a, the, a big part of what Jesus is doing here was the coming of the kingdom, the establishment of the new temple. We talked a whole lot about the, Jesus being the cornerstone. That's also yeah. in Psalm 118, Psalm 118 22. The right. stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. That's right. Uh, right after the part that you mentioned about the gate. Yep. So, yeah, I, I think that that would be interesting to find out if that if they did sing that at the Passover, that would make a lot of sense to what we've yep. been talking about. Well, about we, we talked about how that that was really the last Passover ever needed. You know, I mean, they 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 still practiced it after they yep. still do today. Yep. But in reality, do we ever need another Passover after that night? I mean, so that song really was the rap. Of the last Passover yep. ever needed, because yep. the Lamb of God now had sacrificed. And that, yeah, I mean that scripture is so strong, man. I mean, all I mean, it's so rich. That's crazy that that was written so many years before. Yeah, that's you right. know, which is crazy. like you said, is and it still speaks to us. I was thinking about that uh, when, because we're gonna, we're going to do Psalms next after we finish Luke and Psalm one. Just the first three verses are so strong. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. Scoffers, scoffers, yeah. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and he and on his law he meditates day and night. And then I love this one. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. It's amazing. Which is powerful. Yeah, the halal. Psalm 113 to 118 was what they would say. Look at you. Yeah. Come on, man. You hang out in the songs. And he backed him up. Good job, man. But anyway, it's just so powerful, the idea that that still, you know, we talked about being the hymnal, you know, for the Israelites. Yep. And yet even to this day, it still blesses us and enriches us. And even mm-hmm. in that moment, it was like that. But I, I didn't, I don't know what they did here, but at the end of Luke and Luke 24, he led them to the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven, which is the Acts yep. 1. Then they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continuing at the temple, praising God. So even in that last moment, they were worshiping, you know, as he left them, you know, because now, of course, they're 
their joys complete. We're on our oh, way. Yeah, we're man. To take off and do it. So. I mean, dude. I mean, they were their their Lord had died. I mean, you know, yeah. it's yeah. like, dude. Well, they dude, get they get a lot it's of real. They get a lot of grief for all abandoning him, but it's nothing that we wouldn't do. No, I mean, you're like, boy, this is a great plan, and then all of a sudden, usually when the leader dies, the movement dies. Yeah. But in this case, it flourished. I wonder why. Yeah. Exactly. Because he came out of the grave. That's exactly. why. Exactly. <laughs> we call that the game changer. Yeah. But I'm saying that's what separates Jesus and his movement, his kingdom on earth, rather than any other. Yeah. When the leader dies, that's over. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not like this wasn't happening a lot in those days. And the reason they used a cross was to make a, it was more than just, we're killing you. Yeah. We're disgracing you. Don't ever challenge us. They, you know, they would leave them on a cross and let people see they were making a, a statement. You, this is what happens when you question our power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When you, and when you try to take away our authority, you remember that was the big question all the way through whose authority, who, who do you think you are to come in here and turn upside down who, what we've established. Yeah. And is what was amazing about it is all the prophecy, everything that they had studied, everything they had written, read, all pointed to him being who he was and coming here. Absolutely. And yet when it happened, they said, no, go. Who does this guy think he is? I mean, it started with them, and then it spreads all the way out. And even to the Romans, it was just a nuisance. More oh, than yeah, absolutely. And an uprising. Yeah, and you see that where we're at. If I read the text in Luke Twenty-two sixty-six. This is when it hit to me. I call it the poli- This is when the politics now kicks in. You can in. get the world to count time by Jesus Christ. You've, you've crossed a hurdle. Yeah. It's 2,024 years since Jesus showed up. Yeah. I mean, you would think the Chinese, they say, yeah, that's what day it is. And the Russians and everybody else mm-hmm. worldwide, they can all count time by Jesus. And they're like... You know, well, what's this? Why would you follow him? And they count time by him and have no explanation why. Right. A lot of them, they don't even think he exists. Yep. Worldwide. Yeah. So in Luke twenty-two sixty-six, at and we had just started this. I think we did it in the overtime. Al in sixty-three through sixty-five, they start making fun of Jesus because here he is supposedly doing miracles and claiming to be God. So the men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, prophesy who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. We talked about that just being human nature. Now all of a sudden, I mean, these same guards had been sent to pick him up a few times and were amazed by what he was doing. Now all of a sudden we got him in secret, so we're going to start being abusive. It's just you see evil now. It's like we got the – I mean, he had done nothing to them, but you see their reaction. Yeah. So they have him tied up. They're beating him, and now they start antagonizing him and asking him all sorts of questions. In verse 66, at daybreak, the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priest and teachers of the law, met together, and Jesus was led before them. If you are the Christ, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, if I tell you, you will not believe me, and if I ask you, you wouldn't answer. Mm -hmm. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. There's your Daniel 7, Zach. Yeah, son of man. So and so he's already 
I mean, Jesus in his wisdom has realized it's over. This is just a matter of time. That's right. You're you're getting a, a thrill out of this, you know, kicking me while I'm down. But I'm going to be seated at the right hand of God, which I'm sure that did not go well, because then they said, well, are you then the son of God? Mm-hmm. He replied, you're right in saying I am. Then they said, well, why do we need any more testimony? We've heard it from his own lips. Blasphemer. Then the whole assembly rose and led him off to Pilate, and they began to accuse him, saying, we have, ma- we have found this man subverting our nation. He opposes payment of taxes to Caesar. That's a lie. A lie. And claims to be Christ or the Messiah, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? Yes, it is as you say, Jesus replied. Then Pilate announced to the chief priests and the crowd, I find no basis for a charge against this man. Yep. In other words, he's like, who cares who the king of yeah. the Jews I mean, like, I don't yeah. care. So they insisted he stirs up the people all over Judea. I mean, he's a troublemaker by his teaching. He started in Galilee and has come all the way here. On hearing this, Pilate asked if the man was a Galilean. And you can see a light bulb going off right here mm-hmm. because, oh, wait, this might be somebody else's problem. Yeah. That's what he's thinking. When he learned that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who was also in Jerusalem at that time. When Herod saw Jesus, he was greatly pleased because for a long time he had been wanting to see him. <laughs> From what he had heard about him, he hoped to see him perform some miracle. He plied him with many questions, but Jesus gave no answer. The chief priests and the teachers of the law were standing there vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers ridiculed and mocked him, dressing him in an elegant robe. They sent him back to Pilate. That day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Mm. Before this, they had been enemies. Mm. So you see, everybody from every conceivable angle has made a mockery out of what Jesus was trying to accomplish. And you also notice that you see how evil begins to align. You know, I mean, up until this point, Pilate and Herod are enemies, you know, for whatever reason, over petty control, I'm sure. And now all of a sudden they found a common element in opposing Jesus. What were you going to say, Zach? So I want to read this Daniel 7 passage because yeah. I think it's uh, just two verses. But, it, yeah, we, I, I've been getting a lot, a lot of Instagram messages about, man, you guys are really hammering this kingdom here, kingdom now, kingdom come. I'm like, yeah. And I think that Jesus is hammering it too. And you, when you think about these Old Testament references like the phrase the Son of Man, which mm-hmm. is out of Daniel 7, I'm going to read it right here because what you're going to see is, is that this is not just simply a declaration that, that Jesus is God. It is that. But it's also a declaration, as he said to Pilate, that Jesus is king, that, that, that mm. God is becoming king. That, that is a monumental happening here. So when you read Daniel 7, he says, I saw that in the night visions, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, there came one like a son of man. There's the, there's the reference, a son of man. And, and he came to the Ancient of Days, and was prevented, uh, presented b- before him, and to him was given, the Son of Man, dominion and glory and a kingdom. Yep. And and here's the description of the kingdom that all peoples, nations, 
and languages should serve him. This is that reference also that picture you get in Isaiah 2 of all the nations coming up the mountain to worship God. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom is one that shall not be destroyed. So so this is not simply about forgiveness of sins, although it is that. It's also about the coming of the kingdom with the coming of the king, and the king just so happens the king of Israel just so happens to be the God of the heavens who created everything. And that and, and the purpose is that all it's it's a multi ethnic kingdom that that God is calling all the nations now into he's grafting Gentiles and everybody else into this uh, kingdom of, of, of his, which Jesus is king of. And I don't think we can overestimate that point. It's kind of like the coronation, you know, of in, in a, it's just like death shall bring life. You know, it's just like the Passover lamb. It's just like an in so many references. And he had come to serve. He had come to serve. Yeah. Exactly. And then now it's it's the trans it's the beginning of the transition, and then man it's like he's going to come back again. Yeah, exactly. And he everybody's going to know he's the king, right? You know, it's no, nobody's guessing anymore. That's right. Yeah. Yes, Philippians too. Every knee will bow. Every, every knee will bow. Does. I mean, he is the king, and and but man, when he shows up on the scene next time, just like you say, uh, the resurrection is looming. That's right. He's coming. And when he's coming, I hope you, you know, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. And what's, what I find fascinating is that these, these people are the ones who should know, don't know. Yeah. So then he goes to Pilate who sends him to Herod, who know even less than the others. Oh yeah. They don't know anything. Yeah. You know, Pilate's like, well, what, what is this to me? I mean, he, he just looks at it from a political perspective and he's like, there's no way this guy needs to deserves to die. There's, you know, the stuff you're claiming, I don't even care about. And so I find it fascinating that the people that should have known were the ones clamoring the most to kill him. Yeah. Instead of following. Yeah. Instead of bow to him. But it shows you how much people in power want to please people. Yeah, because they all were fixed to read as the remainder of the chapter. They they kept saying, "We there's we don't want to kill this guy. They didn't want to kill him. He hadn't done anything. anything. I mean, what? But they're like crucify, crucify. So they're you know come up with a system. We can release one. Yep. So they they keep trying to find a political solution. They do. We we release a guy. What about Barabbas? Yeah. What about this guy? We know we're not reading that yet. You got to come back next week. (laughs) Well, <laughs> or tomorrow. <laughs> but what is interesting to Zach's point, you know, when we get, and this will be a preview for what we get into next time, you know, the soldiers in verse 36, they came up and they were mocking him again. They offered him wine vinegar and said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. This idea of him being king keeps coming up. I mean, yeah. Pilate asked the same thing. And there was a written notice above him which read, this is the king of the Jews. But what was their message here? They're like, this is what happens when you claim to be king. Yeah, this is what happens to kings when you don't bow to us. That was my original point. The cross was was used as a way to provoke fear in the public. Yeah. They they thought they were stamping it out. They thought thought this is going to be the way— to shut this whole king talk down and, and this kingdom talk, we're, we're going to shut that down. But what they didn't understand 
was that that this this is kind of the I don't even know how to, what the word is. It's the ethos of the new kingdom. This sacrificial love is the ethos of the new kingdom. And what the thing they thought they were doing that would destroy the kingdom was the very thing that actually brought it into its fruition yep. of what we experience today, which is what, uh, where does it say if they would have known, uh, if they would have known what, what happened to the king of glory, they would have never crucified him. Where's yeah. that at? First Corinthians 2, 7, but that's a guess. It is First uh, Corinthians 2. While you're looking that up, I, I thought about it. You know, one of the other versions, as as Pilate is debating this situation, one of the other tellings of it in the other Gospels says that his wife had a dream, yeah, and sent word and said, "Don't have anything to do with killing this man." And I've always thought, found that fascinating. Where that came from, that dream, was that from evil? Out of fear, maybe something something's brewing here. Was that from God? You know, who who sent her that memo that then she told him? Because somebody somebody told her that in a dream. I don't know who yeah. it was. And then she sends the warning because she's like, "Don't have anything to do with killing this man." And that's maybe that's yeah. why that he was like, "Man, dude, kill Barabbas, man." It's he did bad, not want to do it's it. It's a bad I mean, dude, man. That's exactly it's, right. They're gonna they're gonna choose Barabbas, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, well, I, you know. I was off. It was it's First Corinthians two eight, but I'll read it to Zach's point because I think it's a good verse. In verse six, it says, "We speak a message of wisdom among the mature, mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age, who are coming to nothing." We speak God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. Yeah. Oh, I've always thought it was pretty powerful. fascinating. Powerful. Uh, we're almost out of time. Jane, it's always a blast to have you on. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing, where folks can find your stuff. And oh, man. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, you can go to shaneandshane.com, figure out where we are. But we spend most of our days at the Worship Initiative, just creating resources for worship leaders, musicians, songwriters, yeah. um, even people who, who have a desire to do that, you know, uh, to really equip the church. Um, with, um, with a hunger and a love and a thirst for God's word, and so that's that's really what we we want to see biblically literate, yeah, people who know how to do what they do well, yeah, and uh, and depending upon the Lord for that, and so that's that's what we do. That's how we spend our days. So you can go to theworshipinitiative.com. You can find us there. We're there every day. You know, I know everybody knows people that could benefit from it. And I was I was preaching Sunday, Shane, and I I said the kingdom of God. Is about action, and part of that is paying forward what God has done in your life, and that's what you guys are doing. I mean, you're paying forward yeah. what He's blessed you guys with, mm-hmm. the ability to do something, and you're paying it forward. And they'll be doing that. What you're creating now will be blessing lives long after 
you're waiting for the resurrection. Uh, we'll put some so. of these links up in the show notes for you guys listening, and um, and also a couple of these songs we talked about. You guys can go check out some of the work they're doing. Maybe we can, Zach, we can get uh, the Shanes back when we're in Psalms and do something together. We'd love that. That'd be fun. I would sing it, <laughs> but that would ruin the applause. <laughs> I'm fighting a battle that you've already won. He's already won, yeah. man. If you want to follow us over, blazetv.com slash unashamed. Shane's always a blessing. Thanks for having me. Another podcast. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.